Welcome to LDB Cast episode number three. We are in the conference finals. There are four teams remaining in the winner's bracket and four teams remaining in the loser's bracket. AKA four teams oh. remaining. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Fair enough. But for those of us in the McQueenie, we're going to talk about it today a little bit. But in any event, um, there are no more buys. We are now got two weeks left in the 2018 LDB season. And um, there are some some familiar faces in the championship bracket, the powers and the choice, each with three championships apiece. Um, but we also have uh, – and Chris has won a championship, right? No. Uh, did they? Uh, wait, did they win? Oh, God. I think they did. Let's look. <laughs> That's a great question. I know he made it. I know the. I know he made it to a championship. I think he lost. I think he lost to Anton or something a couple of years ago, back when Anton was still in Union. You're correct. So, so Chris is, and and most excitingly, Jeff Harcourt are 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 going up for their first opportunities of, at a championship. So, and then on the on the loser side, we we have the Balks and Works, which could very well just as easily been. Uh, a conference championship matchup, and then also the Ichiros and Wack, who are two very good teams. So, guys, uh, let's just start off and talk about what do you guys want to talk about first? You want to talk about the federal or the union? Yeah, we can start, we can start with federal. I feel like I shouldn't talk about my. I, should, I shouldn't dive into my own. Uh, All right, let's get started on the federal. I actually, I'll be right back. I have to just run and do something. So, can you guys talk uh, for a moment, and I'll and I'll jump in. You know, Ian, I'm going to stop you here. I haven't been yeah. properly introduced yet. Oh, sorry, that's correct. <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> I thought um, I thought this... I was the special guest. I was just waiting for some sort you of uh, introduction here. You are. No, you're right. And it, and Surprise! So with me on episode number three, uh, as always, is our commissioner, Matt Starr. But we also have our newest league member, Mr. Michael Becker, who had a very nice first season with the dulcet tones of Vince Scully. Thank you very much. Who is, uh, who's been uh, eliminated from the McCready bracket, but really did nicely um, building his team for the future. And at the, at the end of the podcast, we'll talk a little bit about the tones and uh, – where they're heading for the future seasons. But I'm going to step away from the call for one second. You guys start on the federal and I'll join right back in. Certainly. That's very kind of you. So, uh, Becker, I, I don't know what your thoughts are. I, I have to say I'm, I'm somewhat relieved that uh, the team I was most scared of uh, winning this whole thing has been eliminated. <laughs> so it's nice to see the Poyos out of this thing and uh, – you know, some some competition I feel better about potentially facing in the finals left here with uh, the Dippas. And, yeah, uh, if you had asked me before this started, uh, I would have said hands down Anton's squad, uh, you know, was probably the odds on favorite. And that just goes to show uh, how fickle fantasy playoffs can be. I mean, that, that lineup was, was so stacked and it was, a, it was a really close matchup. I was following along since uh, Anton has a few of my old uh, players uh, so it's falling along with interest, but um, yeah, I, I imagine if if I were in your shoes, I'd be relieved. Not to say you know you you can't have a challenging matchup, but I thought objectively that was the best team remaining in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, that that was the team that I picked uh, when we did our our playoff podcast. Being, I thought they were going to go all the way. I thought they were the strongest team, but you know, it's tough. Like, he didn't have a buy and, and the, you know, these games can really be kind of 50, 50 toss ups, honestly. And 
you know, any given week. And so having to get through four matchups to win it was, was just going to be tough for him. And unfortunately, his pitching especially kind of abandoned him this week. You know, he had some bad starts from Greinke. Uh, and Severino, and that was kind of yeah. You don't that. you don't expect that. Uh, I don't know what has happened to Severino. For for as good as he looked, he's looked just as bad now. Um, so yeah, it, it's that's a tough thing when you roll with the guy that's gotten you to the playoffs, uh, and for him to just totally fall apart is, I imagine, really disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I, I tried to do some digging just because I just for my own personal interest, try to figure out what was wrong. Uh, What'd you find? And, and what What'd you find to him? Uh, so it, it was kind of interesting. So I, I had to dig pretty deep on this. I mean, the the his strikeouts and walks were pretty much the same. But I noticed kind of a, a there's a major uptick in in fly balls in BABIP in home runs. He was just you know his his xFIP was probably still around three, but he had like a six something ERA since the All Star break. Um, and it, and and I kind of I, I dove in on Brooks baseball. I totally nerded out on this because I was just kind of like trying to find an answer. And it really what it seemed like was happening for whatever reason is that guys were just teeing off both on his slider, which you know still misses a ton of bats, but the slider, which is resulting in a lot of home runs, and his fastball were just getting hit hard. And it, like the the hard hit rate on both of those pitches had gone through the roof. The fly ball rate on those pitches had gone through the roof. The f- home run rate had gone through the roof. So unclear exactly what's going on. And he's still, you know, still missing bats. But like all of a sudden, you know, guys are just teeing off on him for whatever reason. I don't know if he's hanging sliders or, or what exactly, you know, if there's something about that that's maybe people be able to sit on the fastball. It's weird, but it 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 was clearly it's it's clearly just been a rough stretch and something that is you know more than i think bad luck at this point he's just you know going through some stuff probably some mechanical issues slider's not breaking as much i picked that up as well you know it's weird stuff it's like little stuff that you know uh, on quick glance you might not necessarily be able to find and it, it took some digging to even get to that and i'm still not entirely confident yeah I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, i'm going to raise a question and i do this not to be unfair to anton because i think this is this is a really tough and interesting call but if you're in anton's shoes um given the struggles that severino has had down the stretch but also knowing that you can't necessarily identify what the issue is without some serious digging. Do you start him in that position? And again, I say this not to second guess, but I think everyone has had and uh, faced a choice similar to this. Do you, do you go against the guy that's gotten you there? Um, you know, because, or are you scared off by some late, late <clears throat> problems? I mean, if, if you ask me, you know, I, I, I would, I might have been thrown off. And I was, I was talking to Anton today about this, just in the choices that I made in my pitching. I felt like in, in the playoffs in our league, when you only have three starting pitchers, uh, the goal is honestly to minimize your risk. Cause if you have a bad start, you are probably going to lose. And the, the, the risk was just too high of Severino having a bad start, just based on what he'd been doing that I think, you know, I probably would have sat him down and, and maybe waited for him to finally go out and have a good game. You know, Anton had other options. It's not like his, the rest of his pitching staff was barren. There, there are guys he could have thrown. And I think, you know, obviously it's, hindsight is twenty twenty, but I think that's, that's, that's kind of, I think it was maybe not the best move to, uh, 
just throw Severino out there, just given what he's. I think on. we're we're also um, you know overlooking a, another possible option. Anton and I were were re- he was a really good trade partner with me, and and I can't help but wonder what would have happened had he. Um, tried to work out a deal for uh, David Hess, starting pitcher of the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Ooh. Oh, that's who, a great question. Could have, been, could have been a difference maker. How did he pitch last week? Uh, he had know? one exceptional start, and he had one start that I would characterize not exceptional. Uh, <laughs> okay. And so, you know, who's to say? Who's to say what would have happened had uh, Anton surrendered a first-round pick for David Hess? Um, you know, we don't know, but that – I'm looking at. I'm looking no, at I, I don't think you should because start. it's really not important. What's important is that he was available for a first round pick, and yeah, it was better than Severino's <laughs> start. He, he went five innings and two earned runs. So you know, there's, there's well, that. he uh, yeah, I think he had two starts last week, or maybe maybe um oh no, last week you're right, he had the one start, and and yeah. and of course Tampa. of course uh, to Anton and everyone else, I'm I'm teasing only slightly. Um, because I know how difficult these decisions are, so I'm not trying to second guess anyone. But uh, yeah, that's it's such a tough call. I think I would have gone with Severino, knowing what he's capable of. But um, yeah, those those things those things hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm back. Yeah. So, so oh. we, we were, we were just lamenting you. Anton and and talking, and then and then I took a deep dive on uh, Luis Severino and and the struggles that he's been going through. And we kind of got off, off track on uh, talking about this week's matchup. So we haven't even gotten oh, there great. yet. Yeah, I mean, it's a real surprise that, like, uh, that's the way it shook out, that the, you know, Snell looks like he was Snell, and um, Granky was okay, but not great. Yeah. Yeah, okay, you guys already talked about this. So uh, let's talk about yeah. the matchup. Um, Bro- yeah, Brophy. so I, I'm... Again. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, always, always, <laughs> always, and forever. Never doubt Brophy. Brophy gets this far. I'm pretty sure every single year. Kluber, <laughs> two starts. Wow. Yeah, who's who? Who are the matchups? Who does he Tampa have? Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm yeah, Tampa's been hot lately. Yeah, they've been hitting well. Let's see. Um, Tampa Bay and Detroit. They have – he has Detroit in Cleveland. And then Miles Mikolas has two starts, Pittsburgh and the Dodgers, and then Berrios at Kansas City. That's who he's that's – he, Well, that's – yeah, those are who are in the lineup. It doesn't um, – yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he doesn't really have really any other – he could throw Montgomery against Cincinnati, but – Yeah, I don't think he's going to do that. I mean, I, I think if he was going to start anyone else, it was it, – it was, uh... Yeah, uh, going to be Vince Velasquez against the Marlins just because of how bad the Marlins yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think uh, my my guess, having talked to him earlier, is he's probably going to go with the the three guys who got him here. I mean, you know, Brophy's team kind of took a dip there in the the middle or towards the end of the season. Some of his guys kind of regressed to the mean. You know, he saw some struggles from Max Muncie, saw some struggles from uh, Jesus Aguilar, and now. All of like the stars are getting healthy again. You know, Correa's back, Bryant's back, Ozuna's back, mm-hmm. and you know he still has all these other guys who kind of helped get him here. And uh, all of a sudden, this is like a, a bit of a, a scarier team than maybe it's been at any point this season so far. Well, if anybody knows when his team is going to play, you know, Rofi, I'm sure have thought about that a lot <laughs> in terms of right. like 
what he was going to do and when he was going to do it. And on the opposite right. side, Chris is, you know, sitting, sitting Thor. He's not going to pitch Syndergaard. Um, yeah, yeah. He talked to me about this this morning. Um, you know, I, Thor has a tough matchup. He's at Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's 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 about as tough as it gets, honestly. And I don't know. He, I, Jake Junis has been pitching very well mm-hmm. uh, since the All Star break. Like legitimately, uh, he does not have particularly tough matchups this week against the White Sox and the Twins. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's 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 tough to sit a guy down like Thor, but this maybe is the situation to do it if you're gonna do it. Yeah, and he's sit- I just don't not sure. I, yeah. He's know. sitting Leicester with two starts, uh, Milwaukee and Cincinnati, but both of those teams are scoring a lot of runs, so I don't, I don't think that that's yeah. a bad thing. But John Lester's been pretty bad in the second yeah. half, too, if I remember correctly. Like, it's just you know it, he was kind of pitching over his head in the first half. His ERA was like you know two five or something, and didn't really have the the stats to match. Yeah. And, you know, regression has found Well, him. the last four starts, his earned runs have been zero one three zero, so it's not been that bad. But yeah. the one before that was eight. Yeah, five eight three ERA in the second half for Lester, though. It's a little dangerous talking, you know, talking about. I, I guess he's kind of righted the ship somewhat, you know, versus what we were talking about with Severino, which I said I would have liked to have seen a good start from him before I threw him out there in the playoffs, but. All right. Uh, you know, Lester is, seems to have figured it out. Wow, his last start, yeah, seven or six scoreless with seven Ks. You know, hard to complain with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but went through a little rough patch there in July, August. Yeah. So Becker, which of these two offenses would uh, you rather go with? Between between Jeff or Chris? Uh, between uh, Brophy. Oh, and Chris, between yeah. Brophy and Chris. Uh, I think I'd like. I think I like Chris here. I think I like Chris here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Brophy's really pulled it together with a lot of uh, waiver wire guys. And so, you know, I always get uh, – you never know when somebody's going to go through a little bit of a slump. But, um, no, I like I like mm-hmm. Chris's squad. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go – I think I like Brophy's offense personally. I mean, Chris, Chris has some stars on that offense, but he's also got some holes. Um, and, uh, I mean, Justin Upton's back, that was good for him, but – I mean, Kyle Seeger has been pretty bad all season. Josh Bell is like, you know, the definition of average at this point. You know, he doesn't – I don't even know who Jake Cave is. That's who's playing center field for him right now. You know, it's, there, there are some questions about his lineup. <laughs> and and Brophy, Brophy's lineup now with, you know, everyone healthy, I think, is, is has the potential to do some serious damage. Yeah, I don't um, – it's interesting. Uh, it's going to be tough, I guess. I think what's interesting is that I don't think Brophy has the best pitching matchups, and I think I think the pitching is maybe closer than the, the offense, which is not what I would have expected. You know, but I think I think the pitching could honestly go either way. Um, Flaherty's been great all year. You know, Bumgarner is not an ace anymore, but he's still a very good pitcher. Um, you know, after Kluber, you know, for Brophy's squad. Uh, and Bumgarner's got Colorado in San Francisco. Right. Um, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I mean, I think, I think Brophy's clearly favored here, but it's interesting that the pitching is maybe closer than I would have thought. I think Brophy's bigger edges on offense, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it depends on, I guess, how these guys, how well these guys come back. 
um, from their injuries and if they can sustain it throughout the week. Like last week, it looks like, you know, his OBP was 332. His OPS was 7411, which is not really what you're looking for in the playoffs. Not great. I mean, eight, eight home runs is, you know, you could win most weeks with eight home runs, but not necessarily in the playoffs, you know. Right. I mean, if you yeah, see, I actually don't know how like Korea and Bryant have been since they've been back. Yeah, it looks like Bryant not, has not yeah. done much. Not not no. great. No, nor is Korea actually. They both are, they both have struggled. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I bet on those guys to yeah. I, I, yeah, hit. I don't see Chris Bryant hitting any home runs this year though. Like the injury, I think he's his power is probably pretty sapped. Um, yeah, he has he has he has he has two doubles since coming back and no other extra base hits. There you go. It, the clubs are so interesting. I mean, they bring in Daniel Murphy. They got they. I wonder what's going to happen with the Cubs this year, and 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 also for my own team, what's going to happen with Addison Russell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they they just have a lot of position players, <laughs> and and they can you know they got guys like David Bodie who are hitting, which would like give them some flexibility to like you know put sit Bryant down, not not force him to play every day. You know, you got like Bodie and Murphy and you know all those guys, right? Right. So, I mean, Chris is, Chris has the advantage of being the home team. Um, I think that I like Brophy's pitchers better in general. Um, I, I don't know. This is a close, this is a close one. I, I think Brophy wins the matchup though. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it's probably going to be Brophy, but I, I don't, I think Chris has got a shot. I think, like mm-hmm. he's been kind of written off a little bit uh, as you know, cause he was not, a, he did not have as good of a team as Anton or Brophy did. And even though the record said otherwise, I feel like people kind of wrote him off, but it's a good team. It's just maybe not as good as Anton's or Brophy's, but that's I'm doubling, I'm doubling down on Chris yeah. and only because one week playoffs are so fickle. I mean, you don't know if, if Ramon Laureano will hit, you know, eight home runs this week and, uh, totally right. play the difference maker. So that's, that's why in my experience, fantasy baseball players are both good and bad because you can just have a no name go off. But uh, yeah, I'm going with Chris. I like it. I, I will say that Chris did a great job getting Jimmy McNeil. I mean, Jeff McNeil, I'm sorry. Who's, who's been excellent. Jeremy McNeil uh, is a former Syracuse uh, center who won the national championship <laughs> alongside Carmelo Anthony. That'd be an impressive uh, career shift yeah, for him. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jeff McNeil has almost a 900 OPS he's, since he's been in the major leagues, and that's a that's yeah. a nice pickup for him and and, uh, and gives him. And I never heard of I never heard of him before. And I've I've oh, never heard of him until uh, about four four seconds ago. So uh, I don't know if that, what that reveals about May or Mr. McNeil, but uh, yeah, inspired move by uh, Chris. Well, I think it, I think it reveals that the New York Mets as always um, don't know how to handle their prospects. And that's, that's why we're in this position. Um, all right. Really? I, 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 th- I think it reveals that they stumbled upon a few hot weeks from a not very good player. No, everybody, no, you hit last year too. I mean, let's look. I think he hit last year too. I mean, he's fine. Like, I don't know, I'm looking at his numbers. Like, he has, you know, he has two home runs. He, he's got a 370 Babbitt. It's not going to last. But... Well, in 2018, 
in the minors, he has over a one OPS. In 2017, it was an eight six four. Yeah, the dude's like 27 years old. I don't care about his minor <laughs> league numbers. <laughs> All right, well, talk to Chris about Jeff McNeil, and he'll 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 bend your ear. All right, let's go over to the union. A battle of commissioners. I'm so excited for this one, and honestly, uh, a, a rematch of last year's wild card game in the union. I'm very happy for Jeff that he got here. If only it just means that he'll continue to trade all of his players. Um, no, but Jeff, what what happens if Jeff gets hope? Like, what 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 becomes of the league if if we have Jeff Harcourt with hope? I would like that he can I, actually win. I mean, personally, of the of the. Now with the four teams left, I would like Jeff to, 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 to hang a flag. You know, I'm rooting for him. You know what? Me, me too. And can I say, uh, I, I remember beginning of the, the year right before the, Jeff, the draft that Jeff was particularly concerned after I traded uh, Blackman to Dubner. And uh, he thought that I was enriching a, a, a tough rival. And I'm very pleased that Jeff has, has overcome that Bryce Harper, Charlie Blackman trade that I had with Dubner to advance to this point. So the, the perseverance really has to be admired. I think <laughs> for sure. I, yeah, I, I said, I, I, I said to Jeff that he was out of line the way he wrote to you in that email. <laughs> I'm not happy about that. No, he's, he is, he is overcome and I couldn't be happier. I would hate to be the one to personally stand in the way of, uh, his fantasy baseball success. So I am, I am rooting for Jeff in this matchup <laughs> and beyond. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, nobody wants to see star win another championship. Uh, <laughs> and no, I want to see my, I, I would like to see me win another. I'm championship. sure you would. And I, and I, and I don't want to see Brophy win one either. I'd like uh, either Chris or Jeff to win. And I'm rooting for Jeff because he's a, you know, a founding member of the league and a former commissioner and obviously cares a lot. So let's let's break down the team. So uh, Harcourt is going to be throwing Paxton um, at the Angels, which I like. Cole at Detroit, which I like, and then Clevenger at home, which I also like. And he has Ozuna and a guy named Jose Leclerc, who I don't know who that is. Yeah, Leclerc has been amazing this year. He's okay. like one of the breakout. Um, Believers, but yeah, I mean, Jeff's got great pitching matchups, and I don't love that uh, because I feel like I do not. Um, and uh, so, it's, uh, I, I think there, Jeff, you know, Jeff doesn't have Max Scherzer, but uh, I think he's he's got some stronger matchups um, than I do right now. I mean, I can't start my second best pitcher, uh, Patrick Corbin, because he's at Coors, and Patrick Corbin's career numbers at Coors are fucking disastrous. Mm. Uh, so you can't do that. He, a guy who throws 50% breaking balls is not going to thrive in Coors Field, unfortunately. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have to get a second start. It looks like he should be lined up for one. I, I read this morning, actually, they're, they're planning to have Sonny Gray uh, make a spot start in there somewhere. Uh, and so it sounds unlikely, actually. They're, they're, they've, it sounds like they've kind of settled into that knowing that they're going to be the wild card team and they're kind of trying to rest their pitchers and think oh, I down the stretch. So that was actually the, that was actually the difference maker for me. I, if half had gotten the second set, I probably, so we have Hamels in Washington, but, which Washington's playing a little bit better. Ha. Though it's, that's actually unclear if Hamels is at Washington or, it's, or versus Cincinnati, actually that I've seen different places. I've seen Montgomery lined up 
for the Washington start. I, I, so it depends where you look for that. It's not really clear who is starting which game on Thursday Got it. versus and with, Friday. With, and with the way the weather so, has been, you, you really don't know either way. Right. I mean, I don't know if that that Thursday Cubs-Nationals game is going to get played because we're supposed to get hit with, like, a hurricane on Thursday. Right. Uh, so that may not that may not even right happen. right right all right so let's let's look at the offenses um, um, uh, I guess Jeff is promoted Alfaro so we have Alfaro and a guy named Keener Falafel who's playing catcher <laughs> catcher yeah the the ultimate yeah. utility man yeah like the, that the Rangers second base third base yeah. and catcher. It, it looks like Bellinger's not playing tonight for you so I don't know not, first base Bellinger versus Desmond I like you know Bellinger right Kettle Marte versus Zobrist um I mean my second baseman is kind of Kettle Marte my second baseman is like Marte and Scope and well I guess not Neil Walker this week because he's I sent him down to the minors, but you know we got kind of a rotating cast of characters. So you're leaving Donaldson base. in the reserve. Does that mean that he's supposed to come back? Yeah, Donaldson's supposed to be activated tomorrow. That's oh, the word wow. on the street. Uh, okay, well, it looks you know to me. I think Jeff has a better offense than you do. I think he does too. I'm not, I, I mean, I think that the season long numbers kind of tell that story. I think you know it, Judge is not going to be back oh, this week. Yeah. Uh, it's looking like, you know, it sounds like next week is probably best case for Aaron Judge. You know, Donaldson could help, uh, but I think, you know, on paper, Jeff's got the better offense. My team is very hot, though. I have a lot of, like, random guys, like, crushing the ball right now. Like, Fran Mill Reyes and G-Man Choi are, like, on fire. Uh, so, yeah, who, who knows? Let's see, let's see if I can Under, under the Becker School of Thought, that seems likely. Yeah. And I, I also want to commend Jeff for yeah. someone who like made big improvements to his pitching staff at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- I think this is this is exa- oh, yeah. exhibit A of how you can really make a difference and how these deal- deadline deals help you at this moment. I mean, he, I, I gave him Clevenger for a first round pick, which I think you know is probably Clevenger. Clevenger has been shoving, so I mean that was a heck of a deal. Yeah, he kind of went through the. He kind of yeah, so I mean, I I would I would so probably good. love to have him right now, but I I'm not gonna beat myself too much for getting a first rounder. But that's that's exactly the type of deadline move that you want to do in that position. So I think between Cole and Clevenger, he yes. set himself up really really nicely uh, for this. I, I I like that deal for you. I think it was the right play. I mean, a first round pick is incredibly valuable. You would have had Clevenger for one more year. Um. I, I thought it was a it was a good move. Oh yeah, no, I, I think I think both sides. But uh, you know, here is someone who's competing. I just I guess my sentiment is, you know, I like, and this is this is easy for me to say as someone who was in cell mode all year. But I like I like that this league exists to where you can actually make a move at the deadline and kind of recreate what it's like in real MLB. Uh, and the contending teams can can put themselves in positions to win, and he's clearly done that. Yeah. Yeah, and my, and, and my deadline deals went to hell because the two players that I acquired are both injured and not going to. Yeah, McCullers, McCullers, <laughs> yeah, and Posey. And yep, Posey. That's, that's a tough break. Um, all right, I, I I'm gonna I don't know who I got. You know, 
Star is a better, you know, is a great in-game manager. He probably has crunched the numbers and has a sense of doing enough to win. But I'm going to pick Jeff just because he's not been there before. And I want him to get there. And um, that's my pick. Yeah, as a as a friend of Star, I mean, no disrespect when I uh, I pick Jeff on this one. All right, very good. So now, so we so we'll we'll, we'll talk about the championship next week. I mean, obviously, the two teams that you Matt and I have talked about last week are gone. Like I, I think I had a Josh Anton final. So let's just let's just wait until next week to make our predictions for the final round once we know who's there. But um, we've been talking. We can talk briefly. Yeah, about why not? It's just, uh, just, I mean, I, I, I the I mean, one thing like, I'll say about mine and Dubner's matchup is you have Kyle Hendricks, Steven Strasburg, and Verlander versus Tanaka, Price, and Degrom. It really is a true playoff pitching matchup. Mm, it hurts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it, 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 it's. It's honestly possible the pitching numbers in that matchup could come out better than the pitching numbers. In, in I think that's right. I, I think that's right. So I don't know. I, I, I think at the very least it's it's close, um, and and you know could kind of. Yeah, go I'm really hoping way. to win. You know, uh, I think a first round pick would be very valuable considering I don't have any picks in 19 or 20 right now. So uh, I'm hoping to win. <laughs> um, on the Ichiro Whackers, we have Chris Anderson, Nick Pavetta, and Jose Quintana versus Trevor Williams, German Marquez, and um, Brad Keller. Marquez and Williams have both played really well, pitched really well this year. Yeah, Marquez is Marquez has been great down the stretch. This is this is uh, kind of not the right. same caliber of pitching matchup that we see in the other matchup. I mean, you know, Peterson's. Pitching all year was kind of Trevor Bauer and a bunch of garbage, and now Trevor Bauer's hurt, so it's kind of right. just a bunch of garbage. So, <laughs> sorry, Jeff, <laughs> your no. pitching's not very good, and and uh, um, I think he knows that. Uh, but you know, Paul's has been I I don't these are not household names. These are guys who have been pitching very well mm-hmm. of late, and he he may have the advantage there for for that recently least on pitching. I think Peterson's got a huge advantage on offense, though. I mean. Peterson's offense is one of the best in the league and was all year, and especially you know from a power mm-hmm. perspective. Um, you know, he his team runs, his team uh, hits home runs, and so it, it's kind of we kind of got a, a offense versus pitching battle here. I mean, just look at that lineup. I mean, you know, Reese, you got Reese Hoskins, Trey Turner, JD Martinez, Chris Davis, Kyle Schwarber. That's, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, the Mets there. game just got postponed, so. Uh... Um, just in case anybody's interested in that, Miami. Where the Mets playing? It's good to Miami. Miami. No, I don't have any. I don't have anyone on either of those teams. Um, yeah, Degrom going tonight, but oh well. Um, yeah, I, I, I think Peterson will win this matchup. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Peterson's pitchers are probably better than their numbers indicate. Uh, you know, Pavetta has had a couple of bad starts. Quintana has been better since a you know, rough April. You know, there's, it, it's, it's, I think those guys can do enough um, with the offense advantage he has that, you know, that I think he should probably win. Right. Here. So um, 
let's let's take the rest of the time and ask uh, Becker a few questions. So, what what did you think of your first season? Oh man, I I liked it more than I thought I would. I'll tell you that uh, there was a moment during the draft where I think we broke for lunch and I really just considered walking home <laughs> and not returning uh, I, I, between the, the, the just torrent of emails that I was receiving up, uh, up to that moment and um, you know, all off season and just the the competitiveness with with which everyone uh, played, I was like, "What the hell did I get myself into?" But I I actually have really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, I think I think you can take out of this league whatever it is you want. Um, and for me, it was it was like strategizing and and playing for the future, and not necessarily living and dying with the daily results, which I do in another league that I'm in. But this this allowed me to take kind of a longer view and get into the prospect game and really think, um, think, you know, what I would do one year down the line, two years down the line. And that, that's something that I haven't ever like had the opportunity to do in fantasy baseball. So, you know, if you ask me whether I liked it or didn't like, I liked it. I liked it. It's, it's, that's it's a good. cool league. I'll give you guys that. Yeah. It's really fun. Absolutely. <laughs> like... yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. I know you had kind of been <laughs> expressing your doubts uh, oh when God. we first got started. So yeah, I, and I was I'm half, half kidding. I'm half kidding. There was there was definitely a moment where I considered just going home, uh, not for any one reason. Just like I was like, nah, don't need it. But I'm glad I right, I'm glad right, I stayed right. in it. It's been rewarding. That's good. And what? And uh, if I had to ask you today, are you? Are you playing for future seasons or are you going to try to be competitive next year? I think, I think I'm in a position to try for both. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't mean that as like a cop out hedgy answer. I really do think that I, I could, I, there's a potential to be competitive, but there's also the potential if I'm not competitive to sell off for more prospects as I did this year. And so Mm -hmm. I, I just, I'm going to kind of plan for both. Um, but I really do. I don't see a reason why I can't be. I mean, I, my lineup clearly has a ton of holes. Uh, so I'm totally, uh, you know, I hope I realize that, but I, I think, I think with some breaks and a few good performances, I, there's a chance I can compete for a playoff spot. I'm not, you know, I don't know if I will win the thing, but all you need to do is get into the playoffs and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, you have a lot of guys. Um... That's true. You have a lot of great keepers. I mean, Simmons is definitely an excellent keeper. Um, Harper is still a good keeper. There, there's there are guys uh, to be kept here. It looks like yeah, so and and good. Ray. I mean, yeah. Ray left me with um, a couple good, some really good uh, homegrowns. I mean, uh, Odor has been phenomenal, um, mm-hmm. and and Bradley, like in that Red Sox lineup, just like. You know, he may be hitting 198 or whatever it is, yeah, 229, but he's still, he's had a really good second half, I feel like, and he puts up a lot of steals and he scores a ton of runs. So, um, and then uh, Archie Bradley is, is you know, a top reliever. So, yeah, I, I have some stuff to work with for sure. That's great. Yeah, I, th- I totally agree. And I yeah. think uh, if... I, don't know, I, I was going to say, if, if I had to give my, my unbiased assessment, I would say that Becker is probably looking more at two years than next year, just for, for a number of reasons. I think 
there there's going to be a drop off uh in, uh, kind of in the top of i think the thing is the teams at the top of union this year are going to stay good for another year uh i think you know josh and harcourt and i and Dubner and like we're we're everyone is going to have a very strong team, and I think that changes a lot after next season. Uh, and I also think that's kind of going to coincide with when Becker's prospects start mm-hmm. to get to the majors and get useful. And so, well, I, I I think he's right that he's he's accumulated a lot of picks and prospects, and you know if things break right for him, because start turning those into guys who produce now. But if I had to guess, I would say. 2020 is probably mm-hmm. more where we're looking at. That could be the start of a long. Well, sorry, you're, you're just <laughs> discounting a total all-star caliber year for David Hess. So, you know, if I, you know, I, I, I credit your opinion, <laughs> but I disagree with it wholeheartedly. <laughs> I, I, I do. I do hope you choose to keep him for six months. I'll tell you, it will be, you. it will be a Hold choice on. I'll have to make. I can't. I can't reveal either way, but uh, I will think about it. I promise you that. Well, thank you guys so much. This was really great, and especially thank you to Michael Becker for joining us because it was nice to have uh, a new opinion. And um, we'll be posting this thing tonight. So good luck in the first, in the second to last round. Then. Terrific. Good luck, everybody. Thanks for having me in the league. Good luck to you, Ian. Of course, we love having you. All right, thanks, guys. Bye, bye.